Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slovak Ancestry Podcast, the podcast about genealogy, family history and heritage. My name is Michal Razus and this podcast is created with the support of podcast industry. In our today's podcast I am happy to welcome my good friend Karen Fleischer from Minneapolis and we are going to speak about the unusual story of her grandmother from Stebnická Huta in Bardeo County, North East Slovakia. Ahoj, ako sa máš, Mikiel? Ahoj, Karen, mám sa dobre. Thank you for joining our podcast. You're welcome, it's my honor. Please, tell us more about your connection to Slovakia and your roots. Yes, my uh, uh, maternal great-grandparents came from Stemnehuta, Slovakia, which was close to the bo- Polish border in the northeastern part of Slovakia in about 1903. And they came on the Red Star Line, which was a boat much like the Titanic, and they were in steerage. And it must have been a very difficult trip, but I really didn't hear about that trip. I didn't. I heard about their trip that they went back to Slovakia in 1913, and then my uh, grandma came back with all her children in 1929. And then that's when I heard the story about how difficult the voyage was. It was about 10 days long. They were in steerage with lots of people in, in bunk beds and people were sick. What I loved about the end of the story was the last day of their visit. They were all invited up to the dining room with all the pretty dishes and the tablecloths and they fed them a nice dinner before they arrived to Ellis Island in New York City. What was their, their next steps? Their next steps, uh, well, my I, we believe that my great-grandfather was recruited for the coal mines in Daisytown, Pennsylvania, and that's where he worked and lived until he was about 56 years old. I had the pleasure of going to the CGSI convention there, and then we went on a coal mining tour to see what it was really like to be a coal miner, and we actually drove out to their little little neighborhood in Daisytown during that convention, and we met some relatives there. We were bored, bold enough to ask a neighbor, do you know such and such with this last name, this last name, and the guy, oh yes, they're over the bridge, over the creek. So we knocked on the door and we got a little more information about the coal mining, and we are going back there this fall to visit more because we didn't really have a lot of time. How was the life of these early coal miners? It was difficult. They didn't know English. And they were, like I said, recruited. So they had to live in the coal mining housing. They had to, the money that they earned, they had to buy their goods at the coal mining store. Otherwise, their money wouldn't go as far as if they went to other places without the coal mining. So they were kind of like an indentured servant, really. They were promised jobs. They were promised, you know, money and housing. But they really had to pay back the money that, the coal miner people gave them to come to America. So they worked very hard. My grandma, great grandma would uh, cook and clean and, and have boarders in their house in, in Daisy Town. And I know she would tell us that they would have to get big wash bins because they didn't have running water. And they would wash the backs of the coal miners every night. And she baked bread and, and it was difficult. And her first child was born there. And she actually died of uh, pneumonia. My grandma just couldn't get to the store quick enough to get medication. They had to take a bus down the mountain to the to the coal mining store to get medication. Eventually, she passed away as a little baby when she came back with the medicine, which was just devastating to her first 
her firstborn child. And then she did have uh, four more children there that were born in Pennsylvania. Do you know how they were able to escape this vicious circle? And what was happening uh, then? Well, my uh, great-grandfather actually sent my great-grandmother back to Slovakia in 1913, just before World War I, back to the farm in Stebni Huta with uh, four children from a baby 13 months old all the way up to about six years old, four children on the boat back to Stebni Huta. I don't know how she did it. And then she worked on the farm a couple years later. Grandpa came back, came back and forth. But uh, she eventually, in 1927, sent my grandma back and her sister back at age 18 and 16 back to America because she was worried about her girls with the war and everything. And I know my grandma, before that, the soldiers came to her farm and she had to cook and bake for the soldiers, the Germans. And she was very afraid for her daughters. So eventually in 1927, sent my, or my grandma my, and my great aunt back to America. And they were also in steerage and they came back to earn money. They worked in a pail factory and they were cleaning houses just to make enough money to get passage for the rest of the family. The rest of the family came back. My great-grandma and the two other children, three other children came back in 1929 through Ellis Island. The Great Depression broke out when they came back. So they had a lot of, a lot of uh, hardships, but they soldiered on. They kept going. They had a positive attitude. So I, I, I just gained my strength from all that they had to do. And I have a cute little story. When my great-grandma came to Ellis Island, New York, when they got off the boat. But before that, they had the, they gave them the nice dinner, like I said, but they, um, she kept her apron on when she had to take a shower. Everybody had to take showers when they got, when they were going through Ellis Island, but she kept her apron on because she was just so modest. And I just thought that was the sweetest story. And then uh, they took a train to Minneapolis and then that's where they actually ended up staying in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Did you keep uh, the Slovak uh, spirit or the Slovak heritage in your family during this generation and during the time? Oh, absolutely. We actually moved in with my great-grandma and my grandma in 1956 when I was five years old with my sister that was four and my brother two and my mom as our, our father passed away when I was five. And so we had four generations living in the house and all the, all the men had passed away. And so we were all together in one household. So that's where I got all the wonderful culture and the stories from the old country and uh, learning how to make the, the foods. And I didn't realize it was the Slovak food growing up when I was younger because it was just normal. But we'd have the pierogies, we'd have the kapusta, we'd have uh, all the dishes, the, the nut bread, the kolaches. I loved it all, and I still make them myself. We have uh, family get-togethers, especially make those foods for Christmas and Easter. And then as the time went on, you mentioned once to me that your grandmother was able to visit Slovakia, actually, around 1960s? Uh, yes, 1968, actually. She went for a wedding, a family wedding, because she always kept contact with all the family. And uh, my mother and her put together a wedding veil for one of my relatives there and when I went on that uh, my own trip there I actually got to meet that cousin and take a picture with her with the wedding veil that my grandmother had sent 
1968, they were held up because of the, the trouble there in Prague. And she wasn't able to come back home for a while. And then back in those times, there wasn't any Facebook or, you know, email or it was very difficult for her to communicate with us to say, we, I'm not coming home at the time because she was held in Prague during the uprising. Very scary time for us. Exactly. That was the time when the Russian armies occupied actually former Czechoslovakia. Yeah, the, yeah, the Warsaw Pact trips, troops came in. Exactly. And she wasn't able to come back home right away. And then in 1970, she went for another wedding. So we were just very fortunate that it was full circle. She stayed with family in Stebni Huta. And uh, I got to meet all those people on the trip back there. So I had kind of a full circle kind of thing. I went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, and saw where they landed. I went to Stebni Huta and all the, the little villages there and met over 60 cousins on my trip there, thanks to you, Mikhail, for organizing that. And my, my cousin, Jan Bobby, that was so instrumental in making me uh, meet all these beautiful family and made me feel so welcome. They were so generous. And I felt like I knew them almost my whole life because they were just like my relatives here in Minnesota, doing all the traditional foods and, and being together with family. Were you able to keep these contacts uh, after your grandmother was here in Slovakia in 1960s and 70s? Or was this contact uh, disrupted or lost? It was disrupted. She she mailed many packages over the years, sent airmail letters. And when she passed away in 1985, we lost all contact because she wrote in, in Slovak, Czech Slovak. Back then it was Czechoslovakia. So I always called it Czechoslovakia, but now it's Slovakia as they, they separated. But yeah, she uh, mailed packages. I watched her do that and I saw the letters and she would have Christmas cards up on her shelf. Easter cards displayed all the time from all the relatives. And then because of her passing away, we didn't know the language. They didn't want to really teach us the language. They wanted to Americanize themselves here because there was a lot of, they weren't accepted all the time because they were immigrants. They wanted to be Americanized and they wanted to speak American. So we didn't know the language. We didn't have any interpretation of the letters. And so it was all lost until my mom actually, uh, passed away in 2011 and we found a box of letters. So I started investigating. I go, I need to find out who these people are. I saw pictures, I saw letters, and then that's how I contacted you. And I met over 60 people there and we reunited and I'm still talking to them weekly. Some of the family members sharing stories, sharing family life with them on Facebook. And it's just been Just an awesome experience I'll never forget. Your story is actually one of my most favorite because we were so lucky. We have met so many nice people. My favorite uh, memory is when we went to Sternitska Huta and one family yeah. in August, uh, or it was definitely summer, but they prepared for us the whole Christmas dinner. It was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. It was just like my grandma made. And then the potato pancakes and... It was just amazing, the chicken soup. And then when we arrived there, they, Jan Bobby and his wife and children met us at the airport with you and, and had the bread and salt. I, I've just felt so honored. 
And then we went to Zaboro, same thing. We got the bread and salt. And my one cousin was wearing the Croy, the original Croy, uh, Anichka. And my other cousin, Eva, wore the uh, American flag shirt. And we just felt so welcomed. I just couldn't believe it. I'll never forget it. When I was researching it, I went on the CGSI thing because I'm a, a, actually a member of it, the, the Czechoslovak Genealogy Society here in Minneapolis. And I go, I need to find a, I need to find an interpreter, a tour guide. And that your name came up because uh, you're from Prezhov and it was close to the cities where my family lived in Cochise and uh, Zaboro and Stebihuta. And I saw Joseph Stock on there and it said he was from Minneapolis. And I go, I asked you, Mikhail, would you ask him if I could contact him? Because I just lived not too far from Minneapolis. And so I contacted him. I got together with him. And lo and behold, he brought the pictures. And he goes, Karen, you're my cousin. Can you believe it? All these years, I didn't know the Stock family. I knew his other cousins with the other names. And so that's how we connected. And I go, this for sure. I need to go to Slovakia. He encouraged me and, I, and I've been there back there twice and I hope I can go back again. But we shared family information and it's just, just it was so serendipitous to, this all was meant to be. I know my grandmas were there looking over my shoulder. We really were lucky. I'm happy that we were able to complete your family circle and to multiply the family members. <laughs> Beautiful people in Slovakia. Beautiful. So generous, so fun, so interesting. The culture, I love it. I would love to go back. I need to come. And also I brought my, I met, remember I met my, my son there. He, he uh, teaches in Shanghai, China. He met us there in Slovakia on the first trip. So I'm so happy that he met his cousins that were around his age and uh, he will be able to go back there because he knows where it is and he will be back there someday too. Yes, then the story can continue and he can keep at least part of his Slovak heritage. And he loves his pierogies. I have to make them every time he comes home. He teaches <laughs> in, in China and, and that was the, one of the first things he has to have. I have to make the pierogies. <laughs> well, my memories when I was uh, growing up, uh, I lived with my great-grandmother, Anna Bobby. She was Anna Suhana Jova Bobby and my grandma Margaret. And they taught me the food and they told me the history and the stories about Slovakia that I will never forget. And we always went to weddings and we had polkas and all the, the Slovak dances and all the family would come and visit us at my grandma's house. So I had all this extended family, the aunts and uncles and everybody would come over that perpetuated our Slovak heritage. And um, I just feel so fortunate that I got to live with them firsthand and hear about it. And I just feel like I have the responsibility for carrying all these stories on. So not everybody in America has such a story. I know my husband doesn't know much about his heritage, just the country that he came from. But because I w lived with my four generations in one house, I really got the pure, beautiful stories of Slovakia. Great. And uh, what was their life when they came to Minneapolis? Well, it, it was still hard. Uh, they rented a house. There was multiple generations in the house. They had wood stove. And I know my great uncle worked in a, a, post, a postery job. And so he would collect the scraps from the wood, the wood scraps from the furniture and bring them home for the fire in the house. 
they also still had an outhouse back then in 1929 during the Great Depression. It was difficult. Eventually, um, my grandmother worked in a factory, a binding factory, and uh, she eventually got to buy her own home out in the suburbs here, actually where I live and where we joined her in 1956. So it took her to the later 40s to actually earn enough money to have her own house and have the American dream that she wanted. But each generation had a better American dream because of their sacrifices when they came here, because it wasn't easy. It was difficult. They did, you know, they had a hard time having food and being under somebody's control here. It wasn't exactly the American dream they thought it was going to be when they first came here, because there was a lot of promises. But eventually, with all the hard work, they did it on their own. And I'm just really proud of my great-grandmother and my grandmother and my mother, they were all widows, but they survived and uh, we had a beautiful life together. And each year it actually took the third generation before some of us got to go to college and graduate. So I just really thank them for their sacrifice because it wasn't easy for them, but they had a love, lot of love for us and tried to make the best life they could. Yes, it was, they were the strong Slovak women. Very strong. I, I don't know how they did it. All those young kids coming over on the boat and everything and, and not knowing the language and uh, not knowing what to expect here. Was Must there, have been very difficult. Was there the whole Slovak suburb or community in Minneapolis or was it more like... Yes, 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 northeast, northeast. There was all clusters. There was like five different churches in a similar area. There was the, the Slovak church, the Cyril Medithis, is that the saints? Yes. Slovak saints. Yeah, there was that church. There was the French church. Everybody had their own church they went to. And they stuck together because the support All the we lived in when I was like five years old before before we moved to Blaine here with my grandma we my mom was married and before my father passed away we all lived in in a couple block area so we would go through the streets and visit this relative and that relative and it was just so rich I, I really missed that and what about uh, Slovakia when you came there how was it It was fantastic. It was just as my great grandmother described it. I just, when I saw it, of course, it, it's peacetime there now. So it, well, I saw it through different eyes than my grandmother did. But what a beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful people. She described it just how it was, how they had the root cellar underneath the one building and how they had a long house and in the back where they kept the animals in the winter. I, I just couldn't believe it. I go, this is a dream. I, I just, it just was a whole full circle for me to realize all the stories they told me about the summer kitchen outside because it was hot and they'd cook outside in the summer kitchen and in the fields. And I know all the relatives had a certain portion of hectares, they called it. But they all lived all in one area and about a little over 200 people at the time. And I believe that's probably not much more than that now. Beautiful country, beautiful food. I felt so welcomed. I felt like a king. I could not believe how welcoming they were. And I wasn't sure how welcomed I would be because they didn't know this person coming from America. But they had my grandmother's letters. 
they had my pictures from high school and they had them in an album so nice and pristine, like they really cherished the communication between the people that came here to America and the people that stayed there in Slovakia. Uh, my husband loved it. He couldn't believe how wonderful it was too. And that was his first trip to Europe. So it was fantastic. I'll never forget it my whole life. My grandmothers were very strong people. I admire them, what they went through to get here. It must have been difficult to leave what they what was so familiar for them back then. But uh, I gather my strength from them. They were a good example. They were very strong in their Catholicism. And I was so happy to see the churches there and all the the beautiful the beautiful church in Bardio. And it made me realize why my grandma was just so prudent about her prayer book, morning and evening, her rosary, everything. It was just so strong. And uh, when she came here, she goes, where's all the statues? Because she came from a place where there were so many statues and so many wonderful uh, grottos along the way. I love that. I loved all the grottos, all the different grottos along these country roads where people would stop and pray and adore their God. It was beautiful. Well, thank you very much for uh, nice conversations and the memories to your family. And I hope Thank you to... for the honor, Mikhail. Thank you for honoring me by this. You're more than welcome. And I can't wait to meet you in person again. Looking... You're wonderful. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All the best to you and your family. Goodbye. Thank you. God, God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. But yeah, she was a pistol. She liked to party. She loved having the family all together. She was the one who actually brought everybody together. That was all for today, and I am looking forward to you next week. You were listening to Slovak Ancestry Podcast with Michal Rázus, created with the support of Podcast Industry. You can find us at Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. If you have an interesting family story and you would like to share it, feel free to contact me via email in the description.